but we have been in this series called Transformed into His Image, and uh, we were talking about walking in love last week, and you know, said last week, I don't think I was going to get through all of it, and I wanted to just finish it up, don't know, this might be a little shorter, we're going to cover what we need to cover, and then um, wrap that up, but let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, where the, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In the Amplified, it says, we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into His image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And finally, we read this in the message as well. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. So let's look at 1 John 4, 7. We're going to touch on a few of the scriptures that we uh, covered last week, talking about love, <clears throat> and then um, touch on a few more. Verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love has been perfected in us. And so verse 8 said, God is love. And then use an illustration in verse 9, this, the, the love of God was manifested toward us in that He gave His only begotten Son for us. And then in verse 12, it says, if we love one another, God abides in us and His love has been perfected in us. And that, that same verse, verse 12 in the Amplified Classic, says, no man has at any time yet seen God, but if we love one another... God abides, lives, and remains in us, and His love, that love which is essentially His, is brought to completion to its full maturity, runs its full course, and is perfected in us. So if we love one another, then His love has been perfected in us. Well, His love, that's Him. It's His love, but it also says God is love. So, you know, we, we um, talked about this last week. This is the the definition really of being spiritual is walking in love because God's love. And so if we walk in love, then we're walking like God. God is how we are born again through him. We're made in the image of him. So if we're acting like him in walking in love, then we are being mature. And so we talked about different facets of how we're transformed and how we grow, but love is the definition of really spiritual maturity. Um, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. We'll read some of these verses uh, briefly, but we touched on this. It says, Though I speak with the tongue, 
tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So this is given illustrations of things that people could consider spiritual. But the Bible says, if you don't have love doing it, then it's basically nothing. You see that a number of times. That it doesn't profit nothing, that it's noise. And uh, so different uh, illustrations here. The Verse 1 is, though I'm speaking with the tongue of men and angels, so eloquently speaking, powerfully speaking, but don't have love, I'm just noise. Uh, verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and knowledge, though I have all faith, so I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So even though you walk in great power and faith and prophecy, but if you don't walk in love, again, don't have, uh, doesn't amount to anything. From God's perspective, verse 3, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So even though you'd lay down everything you had, you could do that outside of love. You could do it just because you think it's your duty. I mean, people do that even without God. They're misguided, but they lay down their lives and they're not doing it out of love. They're really doing it out of selfishness. Well, it's possible. Verse 4 then says, Love suffers long and is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails or never comes to an end. Let's read those verses in the Amplified Classic, which is, there's other versions that are good. The Amplified Classic is great, though in my opinion, just to, in, in this passage, just to bring everything out. It says, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly, Love, uh, love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, it never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. So love continues. Uh, I remember Brother Hagen, uh, Kenneth E. Hagen Sr., you know, he was pastoring a church, I don't remember which one it was, but it was a troubled church. And so they had a bunch of problems in the church. And he said for a period of time, he would get up and preach on love and heaven. Just He'd just preach on those things because he couldn't take to... He said, otherwise, I'm going to skin these people alive. <laughs> so he'd get up and preach on love then. You know, and 
I think it was him who said, you know, people would be like, why don't you preach on something else? He said, well, once you start doing this, I'll preach on something else. <laughs> you got to get this. So love never fails. Love, love is always, you know, it's God. So it's always in style. It's always the right thing. No matter what, you can't have too much of it. So then we were getting into Romans. So Romans 13.8, let's read that. So love, it, God is love, so when you're walking in love, then you're doing everything, you're fulfilling everything that the old covenant would require. It says, Owe no one nothing except to love one another, for he who loves uh, one another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet... If there is any other and if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So he's the Apostle Paul's uh, giving illustrations here in uh, these verses. You know, saying love, if you love one another, you fulfill the law. And then he goes over some of the commandments of verse 9. You shall not, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And any other commandment, they're all summed up by this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So in other words, if you love your neighbor in this way, you're not going to do, you're not going to break any other commandment. Love is love is a is a, a superset of any commandments in the Bible. You know what I mean by superset? Mathematical term. You know it encompasses everything. You have sets, and then you have a superset which encompasses. Like if a set is, you know, the numbers two and three, the numbers one, two, three, four, five would be a superset of the set two and three. So if you have if you have commandments. And they are this, 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 and this. Well, love encompasses all of them and more. So if you're walking in love, you automatically fulfill every com commandment. It's impossible to do the other. You could fulfill commandments and not be walking in love. For sure. I mean, we just read 1 Corinthians. You could do the right thing but not walk in love. But it's impossible to, to, to walk in love and not fulfill the commandments. If you're walking in love, you are fulfilling the commandments. That is the new, that's the New Testament law. You don't have to worry about all the Old Testament law. Somebody said, well, will we just throw those away? No. You will, if you walk in love, you will be doing them. It's impossible not to. You're supposed to be led by the Spirit in, in the New Covenant, not, not led by rigid legalism. Now, that doesn't mean you don't follow God. People say, well, I'm not legalistic, and they do something that's not in the Word. That's, that's wrong. What we're saying is that the, the law was given to spiritually dead people, so they couldn't be led by their spirit. They had to have these commands. It's like, you know, if you're dealing, uh, you know, with a certain level of understanding, let's say a, le a certain level of child, they don't necessarily have the understanding to know what to do in every situation given a certain context, but you can tell them, do this, do this, do this, do this, 
right? But you may deal with a five-year-old different than you do a 17-year-old, hopefully. You don't have to tell them all these things. You tell them, do this job. And then they can, they can fill in the steps or they, they can do, they can understand more. Well, that's not a perfect analogy, but it's, it's like, you know, a spiritually alive person, you don't have to be told, don't do this, do this, don't do, because your heart is going to bear witness telling you don't do that. That's not love. You don't need to know anymore. Well, yeah, but see, you know, you could skirt, you could get in the law, do the right thing, but totally, you, you follow the letter of the law, but totally be hurting another person anyway. You could do that, right? You could, you, so somebody that's not spiritual is going to look for a way out. If you walk in love, then you're going to, you're, you're, you're not going to do anything that would not be love for the other person. So that's, that's our commandment. And so that is, if we're, if we're walking in love, then we are spiritual, more spiritual than somebody that could say, well, I'm doing all these, I'm doing all these commandments, but not walking in love. You could actually be not spiritual doing the commandments and think you're spiritual because you're doing the commandments. And actually, but somebody that's walking in love is fulfilling all those commandments and more, they're actually being spiritual. And so that's what we've been talking about is being transformed into His image, being, becoming spiritual. And what does that look like? This is the ultimate test. Are we walking in love in every situation? And so here it says, then um, at the end of verse 9, then it says, if there's any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. It means it completes every part of it. Now, Galatians 5.13 says, says this in a little bit different way. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So there is again. All the laws fulfilled in one word or one saying, love, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice in verse 13, it said, you have been called to liberty, liberty only don't use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So don't use the fact that you're free. So people say, well, I'm, I'm free. I don't have to obey the Old Testament law so I can do what I want. And then they do things that aren't love. They're not really free. That's, it's not an excuse to do that. It's actually a higher law, much higher than the commandments in the Old Testament. It's a much higher standard. Uh, James 2, verse 8 says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. So it says, again, if you fulfill the royal law. So these are a number of Scriptures that are talking about the fact that walking in love is fulfilling these commandments. Uh, John thirteen thirty four. Jesus speaking, it says, A new commandment I give you, 
that you love one another as I have loved you, and that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Notice that. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So that is how you will know who his disciples are, not a lot of things that people think. Like going along with 1 Corinthians again, you know, all these different things. It's not these actions, not, not following certain commandments. It's actually your love, that that's how people are going to know that you're a follower of Christ, that you're a Christian. And people know it. I mean, people, the world knows it. You know, you can do something that looks right, but it's not love. People know it. Now, people call, in the world, called love all kinds of, they call kinds of things love. A lot of people, you know, they talk about love, and they're talking about basically intolerance. What they're saying is, put up with my sin, or condone my sin. That you lo- you, if you love me, you're going to put your stamp of approval on what I'm doing wrong, and that's not, that's not love. Because that, wi- you know, love does its neighbor no harm. If somebody is doing something that's going to harm themselves, it's not love to say, yeah, you go ahead and do it. I agree. But the world is so um, corrupt now. I mean, has been, but it's corrupt. So people, people not only want to do what they're doing wrong, they want you to agree that they should do what they're doing wrong. Because it's, it's wrong. And so don't talk about it being wrong. Let me do it in peace. So that's not love. And then people actually quote, you know, they'll, they'll talk about Jesus. Well, Jesus loved. Did you read everything else he said? <laughs> like, he, yeah, he did say love, but what, what did, you know, he also called out a lot of people and flipped over tables and called people, you know, whitewashed graves. And, you know, he wasn't just super like, hey, you know, everything's just chill. I'd, you know, whatever you want to do. It wasn't like that. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. So that's not love. When you're, when you're going against, don't ever let a non-believer tell you what you should believe <laughs> based on a misquotation of what Jesus said. Well, this is the way a Christian ought to behave. Oh, really? From you? You don't even believe there's a God. Or you don't believe Jesus is God. You don't need to listen to that. You definitely don't need to be shamed or guilted into doing what an unbeliever wants you to do. We, we go by the scripture, not by what somebody's opinion of what Jesus said. Well, Jesus said, Jesus loved, Jesus tolerated, Jesus didn't hate. You could go there. I'm not going to, you know, I, I can't quote all the scriptures. I don't have them prepared, but the Bible does say things about hate. And I mean, it says God hates sin. There, there, not, hate is not like a, 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 a canceled word. You should hate certain things. If you love somebody, you should hate anything that'll harm them. So the world is distorted. Um, 
has a distorted view of these things, don't be pressed or guilted or shamed into accepting what is not true. Well, I'm a Christian. They know I'm a Christian, so I got to be nice. And if I'm not nice, you should be nice. But if I'm not nice in the way they think I should be nice, then they'll think something of God. They already have rejected God. You can't now, you're compounding it or I'm compounding it if I do something that's not right so that it's actually fear. I'm trying to be accepted by somebody that doesn't accept God, but all all I'm doing is just muddying the water. That's not going to help. At least they'll know where to come for the answer if you stand up or I stand up. There's no ambiguity. But if we just act like the world, it becomes really muddy. So, Jesus is saying, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one another. But notice, that's the tailing factor. If we don't love one another, true love, not, not the nonsense that we've just been talking about, then that's the indicator. It's not a lot of other stuff that people make up. That they call spiritual and they call being is because you're, you know, disciple of Christ, then you're going to be like this. It's, could, uh, you could uh, list any number of causes or, uh, you know, any signs or any behaviors. It's none of those things. That's not what God, what Jesus said here. It's, it's not that that indicates you're a Christian. Unfortunately, you know, in the last several years, it, it's almost... There's certain things that, well, that even Christians will do this. If you don't believe like I believe, if you're not supporting what I support, are you really on the right team? And, you know, basically guilting or shaming, trying to guilt you, shaming you just like people in the world do. Nobody wants to be controlled, but there is that that has happened even with Christians. That's like, well, you don't support this. You don't, well, who are you? Are you really a Christian? Um, that's not love. That's controlling. So that, that's not the litmus test of, of what you look like as a Christian is not do you support something, is do you walk in love? In other words, if, if we use what we support as a means of just uh, bad-mouthing somebody because they don't support it, we're out of love and we're, out of, we're actually looking worse. Well, they're on the wrong side, I, therefore I can destroy them. No, you can't. You can... You, you can argue, you can be firm, you can be kind, but to stoop to that level, is that's not godly. That's not G, like Jesus. Did I lose you guys? What, what is the indication? It's you're walking in love. Now, it's not the mamby-pamby, wishy-washy, just let everybody get away with everything. But, it, you know, you can, you can treat somebody graciously, disagree with them, but treat them graciously, firmly. So it's not, there's not other litmus tests. This is being spiritually mature, knowing that you're a Christian, knowing that you are one of His, is this. Is walking in love, uh, being full of His love and walking in it. Let's look at Matthew 22, verse 34. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that He had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So number one, to love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. If you love God, then you love your neighbor. You can't, you can't really love your neighbor properly without loving God and knowing God because God is love. Uh, see, without that, you end up with all these variations and these distortions. People think they're walking in love, but they don't know God who is love, so then they, they mess it up. Anybody will. We would mess it up. You can't do it without the one who is love. And so then, uh, go back to, we didn't put this up before, but in the list, Romans 5.5 5 then, mentioned this last week. But the love of God is then poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. It's Romans 5, 5, back before 1 Corinthians on the list there. It says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So that love has been poured out in our hearts. The, the love of God, His love, is not then something that we have to attain ourselves. It's something that as Christians, we just have to walk in. That's not something that we have to try real hard to do. It's in us, so what we have to do, we have to yield to it. So again, it's not a list of commands. So in the New Covenant... In the Old Covenant, they did not have the Holy Spirit. They weren't born again, so they didn't have the love of God on the inside of them. So God gave them commands. Do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, and that is going to approximate a, a godly behavior. But there's all the gaps. And God gave the law uh, in the old, old Covenant to curb sin. It also shows up sin in people. But... They were spiritually dead, so he had to give them these commandments. In the new covenant, God puts his spirit on the inside of us, and the love of he puts his love on the inside of us, and now says, walk according to that love that I have given you on the inside. So see, now you don't need all those commandments. Now you walk according to the love, and, and, and your, your heart's going to uh, lead you. It's going to prompt you. You go by that. Of course, if it's aligned with the Word of God, it can get off. You know, if you, if you're, if you, if you've been beat up your whole life, you could have an overactive conscience where you think you should do something, and actually, it doesn't line up with Scripture. But you're not actually listening to your true heart. Your your mind needs to be renewed. My mind needs to be renewed. You know, I shouldn't do that. But actually, if you look at Scripture, you're fine. You know, that's why it goes into Romans. It talks about people that have a weak conscience and they, they, they don't feel like they can eat anything, but actually it's okay to eat something, but they don't feel like they can. Well, it's like that with a lot of stuff. People think, I can't do this. Well, that's because they have other stuff that are swirling around in there, but if you go by what the Word says, we're free. We can do things. So we have to be led by our Spirit and be led by the Word, but these, these will always... Um, be walking in love. So I'll find, I'm just going to read this statement that we read um, before. 
And um, just bringing this to a close, that one definition of being mature spiritually is letting your Bible form beliefs determine what you think, say, and do. So when you're mature, you're letting what your, your beliefs that are formed by the Bible determine what you think, what you say, and what you do. And those behaviors then will always be walking in love because it's lined up with the Word, and that's what you're determining how you behave, and you're going to be walking in love then. And that is the measure of a mature Christian. Amen.